Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at pirb.co.za for more. So a warm welcome to our audience members. I'm your host, Willem Klopper, and this episode is part one of a conversation in which we discuss audits and non-compliance. And with me in studio, I've got a couple of representatives from IOPSA side, and I've got a couple of representatives from PRB side. So on the PRB side, I've got Mr. Hermann Strauss, the audit manager of PIRB. I've got Justine Buta, complaints and audit administrator. I've got uh, from IOPSA side, I've got Robert Skuman. Mr. Robert Skuman is uh, one of the auditors for IOPSA. And I've got Miss Bianca Brown, also the audit or auditor manager on IOPSA side. We'll give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves right after this. Don't forget to download the all new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. I'm going to give each of our uh, guests just a, uh, an opportunity to introduce themselves to the audience, just so that the audience know who you are, what your position and your role is within your organization. So I'm going to start with Robert. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience, please? Yeah, sure, no problem. I'm Robert Skuman. I'm in plumbing business in Johannesburg the northern and western side of Joburg. I'm also an independent contracted auditor for IOPSA that assists with the audits. Qualified licensed plumber yeah. as well? Yeah, qualified licensed plumber. Qualified well. and licensed plumber. Yeah. Justine, who are you? Who's Justine and where do you fit in the picture? Okay, I'm Justine Boerter. I'm the compliance and audit administrator for the PIRB. So basically I'm handling consumer complaints and I'm also handling all the audit um, administration work that there is to the audits. So, in other words, if the auditor goes out to do a work and plumbers don't um, comply with the non-conformances that they need to attend to, then they escalate those to me and I take action. 100%. Uh, Herman? Um, well, welcome, everybody. So, I'm Herman Strauss. Uh, there's not much to say about myself. I think I've been involved in the plumbing industry for a while, um, quite some time. Uh, I fulfill a, a few roles in the industry and my role at the PIRB is to make sure that the auditing process is managed and complied with completely. Make sure everything happens. Um, Justine and I work closely together. She does the hard work. <laughs> and I need to make sure that it, that it all happens. Bianca, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Of course, best for last. And I am obviously the... Complaints Administrator for IOPSA, as everyone knows me, I have also taken on the compliance auditors to ensure that the service level agreements between IOPSA and PRB, as well as IOPSA and all auditors are upheld. I also manage the um, assessment testing, designation assessment testing process, um, and we are the best functioning office, of course, in KZN. Herman, would you kindly give us a bit of an overview what is the purpose for COCs and, and the implementation of COCs and the requirement, therefore, for plumbers to complete COCs and log COCs when they do plumbing work? Why is it necessary to perform audits when plumbing work has been done and COCs have been issued on those plumbing works? Let me start right at the beginning. I think we, we need to understand what we, what we are dealing with. What is a COCs and so on? 
So uh, a quick overview. When a plumber, go, plumber goes out to site, he does his plumbing work. He then issues a COC, a certificate of uh, compliance, which basically means that is his declaration that the work that is just done complies with all the, the legal requirements and the standards. So that's all good and well. Now the homeowner sits with this piece of paper in his hand. The plumber then has to go back and lock the COC on the on the PRB system because every COC has got a, a, a number, a unique number. It's traceable forever. So once that is locked, the PRB has got a, a very important responsibility to make sure or to, to do some verifications that the work done is actually correct as the plumber have uh, declared. So a percentage of, of those locked COCs, approximately 5% of those COCs, are then selected in a statistical process so that uh, an audit takes place on those COCs. So a auditor will go out, do a physical audit on the installation. If there's anything that vary, that differs from what the COC claim, they will interact, engage with the plumber. The plumber will be compelled to repair, to fix, to do whatever is necessary to make sure that the installation is in fact as it was claimed on the COC. And that is the, the short version of this process. Right. So you, you mentioned that audits will be done and if refixes. So the audits are done by auditors. Yes. The PRB has got a responsibility to make sure that the audits takes place. But the PRB is not a very big office and we've got a very big country um, with COCs being written all over the country and there's plumbers all over the country. And it's partly for that reason that the, the PRB entered into a service level agreement. We've got a, a subcontractor that physically conducts the audits. So the PRB set the rules. The PRB is responsible um, to the SACWA Act and uh, to, to do this function to make sure everything is correct. So we set up a service level agreement with IOPSA. IOPSA having the, the people in the field, the people with the knowledge and so on. So they will, they will then go out and do the audits, get the information back to the PRB so that the PRB can take the necessary actions as might be required, if required. Right. Well, Bianca, just to, to fill in on that uh, from an op IOPSA's perspective, where does IOPSA fit into the audit process and, and, and specifically their role with regard to the auditors and the auditing process? Yeah, so um, thanks for that, Willem. As, as I said in my delightful intro introduction, um, IOPSA and as Pahan Munch just mentioned, IOPSA and PRB have got a service level agreement and then from our side, we've got individual agreements with each of our, our auditors. So we've got our code of ethics, code of conduct and procedures, and there's a lot of red tape that they need to obviously comply with. Um, we have seen the need to upskill and um, obviously I'll touch on it a little bit more when we go through the rest of the questions without answering them too much now. But um, our function is to to obviously make sure that all the, the T's are crossed and the R's are dotted. Um, across the board and fulfill that function for PRB on their behalf. Before we continue with our conversation, have a listen to this. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy to follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber.
And now, back to our conversation. Justine, how do you select a COC to be audited? In other words, how do you select plumbers or plumbing work that has been done and COCs that has been logged on for those jobs that have been completed? What is the selection criteria? How is it selected for an audit? Okay, so like Herman mentioned, the selection for COCs to be audited is a more statistical um, process. So we do, it's not an automated process. We look at different things. We look at the areas, the audio, audit ratio of the plumber, as and within these groupings, we then randomly select COCs to be audited. When you say the audit ratio of the plumber, what uh, are you referring to? So um, each plumber's audit ratio is supposed to be 5% of all locked and issued COCs. All right. So for each plumber, it's not an overall, it's not a global 5% of all COCs that have been logged by all plumbers nationally. Is it? Is it per plumber, 5% per plumber? Herman? Um, I, if I can, can get in there, it's not, it's not that, that scientific. Um, yes, it is 5% of all COCs gets audited. There is a strong statistical process that's been followed as Justine said, but that does not mean that it is 5% across the board for every specific. There's, there's a lot of variances and there's a lot of uh, random actions that takes place. For something to be statistically significant, we cannot handpick who we want to audit and who needs to be audited. It needs to be statistically relevant. So the PRB does a lot of, there's a lot of um, algorithms that, that is accounted for that takes place to ensure or to guide that it covers the whole of the country, that it covers the different plumbers and so on. Within that process, we try to make sure that one plumber doesn't get all the audits and somebody else gets nothing. So it, it does happen that from time to time, one plumber might have quite a high audit ratio just because of the, the way things went at that moment. Um, further in time, he might get a lower rate, uh, ratio than the rest. It is a very much a random process, but with a lot of algorithms into into that to, to as I say, the, the focus is statistical significance. Justine, what is the time frame or timeline between the logging of the COC and the audit taking place, if that COC has been selected for audit? Okay, so there's a lot of things that affects this. Um, each case is different. Um, in normal circumstances, the whole audit process is completed within a month from the date that the plumbing work was done. But each circumstances is different. It it really depends on the circumstance before we can actually, I don't think there's a definite answer unless Herman wants to add something. But I don't think there's a definite answer as to how long it takes. It all depends on the circumstances of the plumbing installation, if I can put it that way. Yes, yeah, um, just from, from our side on, on the ground, you know, we are faced with many challenges, like especially with the COVID, there was delays on COVID, but we've seen a lot of the consumers coming back and saying, look, please, I know that I cancelled because we were a COVID risk or we had a COVID infection, but please come back and do the audit. We really would like to be part of this process. Um, and then there's others that that are told, no, this is fraudulent. Um, you're trying to gain access to my house. So then from IOPS auditing side, we will then um, send through the proof and the documentation and that. And if the, the client is still adamant, then it gets closed off. Um, then there's also scenarios of owners overseas. So there's, there's, like Justine said, there are so many variables when it comes to working with the public and trying to get that access um, and the backlash and then also the, the excited people that are, are driving the process and, and wanting to be part of it. I just think also with, um, and normally from once we receive the audit from auditor's side, 
it normally takes about uh, two weeks from arranging with the client, getting doing the audit, the plumber sending the plumber the refixes, waiting for the refixes to be done. So it's normally just between two to three weeks before the audit is closed. From once we've received the audit from PRB till when we've closed the audit. So the, the process does allow for a postponement should should either the, the customer, the consumer not be available or should the plumber really have a scenario in an extreme event or extreme case or scenario that the plumber is not available to go and attend the, the audit, but he really wants to be part of the process. He really wants to attend. Um, the process does allow for s some postponement to be be edited yes it does no it does allow for reasonable postponement reasonable, Re reasonable within reason. reasonable uh, you know there are conditions to it yeah I, I think from the from the prb side one thing that's important is we we don't want to inconvenience the homeowner this is supposed to benefit the owner of of the property that is why the timelines have been set up so that for the homeowner the experience should be that from the day that the that the work was done at his property um, it shouldn't take more than a month for everything to be completed under normal circumstances. But there has been specific cases where things just, with good reason, got delayed for even a few months. But in all of those situations, there's constant communication. It's not something that just get left and somebody coming back and say, oh, by the way, we need to finish this. There's a lot of checks and balances that happen in between to, to prevent things from just being ignored. Having said that, Herman, Robert, what exactly does an auditor look for when he goes out onto site? Yeah, I think it all depends on what um, the CO has been issued on the COC. So if it's a pre-existing situation where the geyser has been replaced, so we'll only do the audit on the existing uh, plumbing work around the geyser and the ge replacing of the geyser. But it becomes a plumber's responsibility to notify the homeowner of any non-compliance that he notices to the homeowner. All right. When when we refer to to the requirements that uh, or the standards for that matter that plumbing work has to comply with, uh, Herman, I assume this refers to the PRB standards. So it's interesting you ask that question, and that's something that um, a lot of people ask us about these PRB standards and who write them and so on. And I have to have to explicitly say there are no PIRB standards. PRB verify compliance to national standards. We do not set any rules. We have a responsibility to verify that the plumbers comply with the, with the standards that were set for the country. That is why all the, all the installations, all the audits, everything is based on the South African national standards, SANS. Many years back, it were known as SABS standards. Um, oh, that's our podcast on its own to, to have that discussion. But I think the important point is no. PRB makes no rules. We we oversee that the rules of the country is being implemented, and that is the the SANS standards. Yes, and just sorry, just to to throw a spanner in the works, and without starting a, a whole separate podcast, um, you know we have challenges where in municipal regions, um, so the national standards are national. So if you think about your your local region municipality, they fall under the national standards. So just make sure that you are compliant with the national standards. That's the main thing that we are driving. Yeah, I, I, I can add to that. As I said, the PRB respects the legislation of the country. It means there are national standards everybody have to comply with. Local authorities may implement additional rules. They may not go against the national standards, but the additional rules that the local authorities uh, promulgate 
um, needs to be complied with as well. And that all forms part of the picture. Justine, what happens if a plumber feels that he was treated unfairly by the auditor? So, Willem, there may come a time when plumbers feel that during the whole audit process, they were treated unfairly by the auditors. When this happened, we, we encourage plumbers to please raise these concerns to the PIRB by putting it in writing, of course, substantiating these with facts. We treat all cases neutral and we will investigate. And the outcome of the investigation is always um, communicated with both the plumber and the auditor. So they, I have a whole form in place that the plumbers need to fill in or complete for me rather. And based on that form and evidence submitted by the plumber, we investigate and find a solution to the problem. So there is room for disagreement between the plumber and the yeah. auditor. Yes. Okay, and that's yes. done through the PRB, you say? Yes, not necessarily through the PIRB, but the forms need to be submitted to the, to PIRB. the PRB. And then between the PIRB and IOPSA, we will um, solve or investigate it between the two, between PIRB and IOPSA. Bianca, how long does an auditor have to notify plumbers if they find non-conformances and they want the plumber to go out and do refixes? Okay, so all of our compliance auditors are to log their findings swiftly. Um, and in best case scenario, the plumber was on site and able to rectify. That's why we, we really drive this as far as possible because if you're on site, you're learning and you're able to rectify with minimum com uh, inconvenience to the consumer. Audits are to be captured within 48 hours per our agreements. However, we do have uh, worst case scenarios where there are unsafe installations which are addressed immediately to um, our heads at the audit office um, for discussion, uh, made safe and then immediately captured. So it just depends on the scenario but general rule of thumb is within 48 hours because we are aware of some of our auditors traveling um, and there are external factors um, that allow this little bit of a delay. Just before wrapping up this conversation, have a listen to this. We'd like to encourage our audience to follow Articulated Plumber on Instagram and Facebook to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have. Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulate It Plumber. Now that concludes part one of our conversation and our discussion about audits and non-compliance. Please do tune in to our next episode for part two of this conversation. Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.